course, of course, of course, don't count down. Listening to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. On UPRN Talk Radio FM 107.7 in New Orleans and FM 105.3 in Mississippi. If it's unexplainable, we're talking about it. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, we cover everything where the unknown becomes the known. And now, now, here's your host, host, Jenny Nicasio. Nicasio. Hello, New Orleans on FM 107.7 and 105.3 in Henderson Point, Mississippi, and streaming everywhere and everywhere around the world. I'm Jenny Nicasio, welcoming you to Chasing Prophecy Radio. Tonight, we're going to delve into a topic that bridges science, skepticism, and spiritual realm. Our special guest host is um, Liz, I hope I don't screw up her name, Inton, an extraordinary individual whose journey began in a place of grief and skepticism, but led her to the most unexpected discoveries. In 2015, following the passing of her beloved father, Liz, a self-proclaimed skeptic and atheist, embarked on a quest that many of us ponder. Is there any truth to the afterlife? As a cultural Jew, her skepticism was ingrained, yet her mind remained open to the possibilities that lay beyond our understanding. Liz's exploration led her to pen the book, What the F Just Happened, a title that encapsulated the astonishment and revelation of her findings. This is just another book on afterlife. No, it's a scenery skeptic's deep dive into grief, feeling, and what lies beyond the depth. But Liz didn't stop there. No, she didn't. <laughs> she took her curiosity to airwaves with her podcast, What the F Just Happened, with a question mark. No Woo, a platform where science and spirituality convey, offering a no-nonsense look at the afterlife. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Um, Let me go ahead and bring Liz on. Thank you for joining us tonight, Liz. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy. Thank you so much for having me. And you pronounced my last name perfectly. So thank you. I'm glad I did that. Sometimes I wonder if I get it right. So Liz, um, tell me, let me just turn this down because I think I'm having an echo I'm trying to do three things at once and it's kind of annoying because I can't get it quite right. No worries. Um, so let's, let's start at the beginning. Okay. I want you to tell me before we get any further, I just want to let everybody know in the chat. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I don't want to forget about you wonderful people. And so if you have any questions or comments for Liz, please don't hesitate to ask them and we're we're broadcasting on many different um streams across the united states and beyond we're on eight different platforms and i just want to make sure that you guys all know that this this episode is sponsored by the united public radio in new orleans okay liz so let me get back to you let me get back my my uh, my camera's way up here and i'm not sure why i did that but now my head's chopped off but that's okay one of these days, I will get it right. So, Liz, could you share your personal journey that led you to the exploration of this? And you said you were a, a atheist. Is that correct? An atheist. I actually still am an atheist. Oh, I okay. haven't, or maybe more an evidentialist. So, I have come to think there is scientific evidence, a preponderance of it, of an afterlife. I just haven't seen any evidence of God. And I just add in the atheist, just so people can know how skeptical and materialist-minded I am, which hopefully makes people realize how strong this evidence is if it's convinced me. So that's 
I like to let people know that I'm an atheist. I thought there was zero chance of an afterlife, but there is some really mind blowing. Okay. Now what, what led you to, okay. So you're an atheist, but you Mm -hmm. had an experience that led you to this realization that there is an afterlife. Yes. Multiple Um, experiences. Okay. Did did you pass away? What happened to make you believe that? So unfortunately, my dad passed away in 2015. I myself have not had a near-death experience. Well, okay, fortunately and unfortunately, I I would like the experience of it without um, all the negative health issues related to it. But my dad passed away and I was just shattered. And I thought there was zero chance of an afterlife at that point. And actually, I started exploring when he was in hospice. I, my very first thought was, well, so much of science fiction comes true. If you were to watch an old school science fiction movie, they have basically what we're doing now. They have Zoom. They have things that maybe could be like iPhones. I mean, just so much of it comes true. So I had a, my first thought was, well, if one of the main components of science fiction is time travel, is that possible anyway for all we know we're traveling back in time and have no idea I didn't really think it was probable or likely but you know in that deepened grief it was just mind goes to weird places so I started reading about Einstein's theories of time relativity and basically you know time is not as linear as we perceive it so essentially theoretically time travel is possible it's not really practical can't just jump and do it but in theory it's possible for example if you took two twins Mm -hmm. and one was to travel at close to the speed of light i'm gonna have the exact time wrong but i'll have the theory right let's say one traveled for five years like Mm -hmm. 30 years would have passed on earth and things like that i was just like this is unbelievable there is something more going on and that led me to my next thought which was Mm -hmm. If the neurons of our brain create our consciousness and it happened once, and if you think of, you know, our universe has a start date, end date, but over a very long time span, and there's probably, you know, there's the big bang, the big crunch, and that probably Mm -hmm. goes on infinitely with multiple universes. So there's nothing to preclude. In fact, it's more likely, like if our consciousness was just created by brain cells, it's probably more likely that another set of brain cells in all of eternity through iterations of big bangs, big crunches would create another you. Maybe not you as the same person, but at least another person that got to be conscious. So I was like, well, at least I'll get to experience consciousness again as another person, even if not myself. And that's better than permanent obliteration. Then I just had a thought, and this is where everything changed. This one Google search. My thought was, if this is true, was there ever anyway anyone had any memories of that and is there any data to prove that so i googled that life changer i found an entire research department at the university of virginia that was studying cases of kids with past life memories mainly done by the late dr ian stevenson and then his protege who's managing it now dr jim tucker child psychiatrists very like science-based and they were uncovering data of cases of kids with past life memories. And then from there, I just found all the research, started researching it myself and had some bizarre personal experiences in the middle of all my research. Okay. I just want to pause real quick and say a shout out to everybody in the um, the chat. Hi, Ma- Hi Mark, Squatchman, Anthony. If you have any questions or comments, we're talking to Liz e- in- e- Enton. 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 I got it great. Okay. Enton. And we're talking about um, her experiences with um life after death and she's she's an atheist and we're getting her view on it um and how you know she came to be like that jim keller spirit photographer interesting Hmm, okay so what i'll do is i'm going to put whenever i have a question or comment i'm going to go ahead and put it on the screen so people can see okay i just want to let you know liz we're going to be doing that so great So if you have any questions or comments for her, please um, put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many as we can. Um, And if you want to join us, if you're looking at all the different platforms like TikTok Live, uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, you can go into the chat um, on YouTube. If you have a question, I'll try to I'll try to look at the 
screen if I can see them. Okay. And I'll try to answer them for them. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so someone who's started off, you're skeptical about the afterlife. Okay. Cause you're an atheist. Okay. And what, what were your initial challenges or biases that you had to come overcome in your exploration? I mean, cause your dad was in hospice. Okay. I know that mm -hmm. feeling. I lost my sister who was in hospice and my mother was in a pellet care, same thing, hospice. Um, I know there was life after death with her because she was waiting for my father. Now, what, what experience did you, did you have something like an experience that you had or was, or you just did some research? What besides it, you do, doing Google searches? It was a long period of research. Then I started to have personal experiences. So I started reading all mm -hmm. the data. I started reading the books by Dr. Jim Tucker and Dr. Ian Stevenson. I found the whole division of perceptual studies at the University of Virginia, okay. where I read the research of Dr. Bruce Grayson, who is another psychiatrist who studies near-death experiences. Then I found the Winbridge Institute, Dr. Julie Beischel and her husband and co-founder, Mark Bacuzzi, and they do scientific studies on psychic mediums. So okay. I just spent about three months, like deep grief, deep depression. My dad went to hospice and then ended up passing away. And I just, through that time, just barely able to get out of bed, just reading and reading and reading. And I was like, if this is true, I can't believe this is true because wouldn't mainstream science, this is the most profoundly life changing thing. You would think mainstream science would be all over this. And how does this, it just doesn't make sense. Like how, there, there's something I'm missing. And so I kept going further and further and couldn't find the thing I was missing. So I was like, I've got to start meeting these people. And that was when things changed to the next level. I first of all decided to get a psychic medium reading. Um, okay. And I went, well, I did two things. I also, I, okay, well, first back up a little bit I reached out I went down the Winbridge Institute list and I found a medium that was in New York I'm like I want to go to this medium in New York because I want to watch what she's doing I live in New York yeah. I don't want to do a phone reading I have to watch if she's cheating and yeah. <laughs> I said some different opinions about that I think phone readings are if you're really skeptical phone readings can you be even better because they can't read your micro expressions they can't but at that, my point at that time, I was like, I want to see, does she have like a little earpiece? And then I also reached out to, um, why, oh, should I answer that? Yes, go or ahead. should I finish my story? No. Well, you can, okay. whatever you prefer, if you want to answer the question. And the question is from Squatchman. If an atheist don't believe in God, why life after death doesn't make any sense? Um like why life after death even exists or why i mean that's just why does life here exist why does consciousness even exist we don't know why it just seems it does mm -hmm. but I, I guess i almost throw this back at you or just in general why would if if our consciousness is physically non-local which means like stored primarily in a quantum non-physical state and it entangles with our brain to have a human experience what does a, why is a God required for that? It, it just, it seems there's just no requirement. Just the same way we evolved through evolution to be physical beings. If there's a consciousness behind it, why would that consciousness be by a God who's physically making all this? Why would it not be some reason we don't know? Maybe there's just no reason. Maybe it is, or maybe there's bios, the theory of virus, I can't talk today. Sorry. Bye. Okay. I have the problem every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Make me feel better. I'm not the only one that biocentrism, which is that we are all conscious and we work together to create this ourselves. I mean, maybe it's a simulation. There's just, I don't necessarily think that's the most likely, but it's just the God's not at all required for this. It's just another step in like adding something to something we don't have evidence for. So I just don't see a reason to think there is or that one's required. Well, I'm having a little um hard time understanding it because, okay, so you believe in the afterlife, but you don't I think afterlife's probable. Yeah. No, 
And what do you mean probable? You think there might be one? You're not sure. I think that's a high probability. I think there's a preponderance of evidence to think it's most likely. So where do you think, what do you think is there? Do you think it's just a, like a, like you said, it's like time traveling. You just think that you travel and be like go, go in and out of different portals. Uh, I don't know if yeah. I could guess how it works. First of all, there's the reports of people who have near death experiences. That's the closest we're going to get to someone who was there and came back. And then some kids, who report lives, life between lives, who, you know, through the reincarnation study, some kids have reported life between lives. And it seems like, okay, you know, like the cloud that for the internet, it seems like yeah. a state of our consciousness is probably multidimensional and there are dimensions we can't understand. And states of consciousness in human bodies we can't understand, just like I can't make an explain to a blind person since birth what it's like to see it's just we're not going to understand it in the filters of our brains experientially but i think theoretically i guess it's a type of like a bank of consciousness like stored non-physically quantum and they're individuals that's us that's how it's stored and when we go into bodies this consciousness quantum entangles with the body. And then at the end of it, all the memories and experiences here go into that. And we probably experience different states, some physical, some non-physical and what they're like, I can't really begin to understand, but I guess there's multiple dimensions. I mean, string theory seems to point to that. So yeah. And I think there's, I don't like the word belief because that, you know, that sort of makes me think I just decided it without a bunch of evidence, but I'd say there's a preponderance of evidence. And I think it's, the most likely ex thing that there is in the afterlife. Most, the most. Okay. So <clears throat> it's going to be hard for me to, I mean, I am a Christian, so it's going to be hard mm -hmm. for me to, I'm trying, I'm a skeptic on your behalf, because if you don't believe in the after, if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in a higher power, how can you, like, unless you just think that it's just a different, um, my camera is going freaking crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all my back, my art studio background. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else wants to chime in in the chat. If you want to, um, tell me what you think. I'm just having a hard time. Yeah. You know what you're saying? Cause your, your dad passed away. So was there a particular, incident when your dad passed away did you did he um, tell you like i see things um well i hear voices i hear angels are i don't know like yeah well relatives. yeah what happened yeah i mean he at did that, he did at the, and that's okay. what we call deathbed visions and it's a thing but at the time i just thought he was hallucinating and i was terrified i couldn't face he was dying he kept seeing his mother who had been okay. dead for years and my father had me later in life so like and I never met my grandmother and he kept saying oh my mom and I were talking and I had lunch with my mom and I was like what are you talking about like I was freaking out I was like it's hallucinating yeah. but now I hear that yeah, one of really my common thing uh, oh, someone in the chat said that they feel the same way like how how can there be an afterlife without God they're feeling the same um, way so he, he's just yeah. a little confused too, or she, I don't know who it is because it doesn't have so, a name. I guess but, I'm curious why God is required for an afterlife. Like let's, okay. So take, I'll put it this way. Take the theory of no God in the material world. Okay. Like evolution. When you die, that's it. So that just means that theory just means that neurons of a brain create consciousness. Now a God is not necessary for that. Now if consciousness you take the same theory of evolution and the root of consciousness forms as non-physical, like the internet cloud, to use the simplest way. And then bodies also evolve. Maybe we have created them ourselves, you know, our consciousness. It just, there doesn't have to be a single higher <laughs> power consciousness for this to create. I can't begin to touch upon why. I mean, I can. That's getting into philosophy, though. Which so it's like cool. a a residual like like uh, a ghost how an apparition that goes like it's like a memory that keeps going over there's no it's not really an afterlife it's just a residual energy that goes back and forth is that what you think 
Okay. No, I think it's continuation of consciousness. I mean, because it seems our people communicate with mediums. I've had many psychic medium readings at this point that are just blew me away. I've read mm -hmm. the research conducted by Dr. Julie Baishel and Mark Bikutsi at Winbridge. Um, and there's just, they seem to be speaking with individual consciousness. Okay, so, let's get let's get to your book. So um, yeah. tell me exactly, okay, so what it's called What They Have, which just happened. So what are we, yes. like, you, you're talking about grief, healing. Um, yes. Uh, so what, what's the main, give me the mess, main gist of it, the premise of it. I mean, besides that, like, what do you delve into and what are you trying to accomplish by having this book? So the gist of it basically is I start with the intensity of grief of losing my dad. And one thing I want to accomplish with that is really normalizing grief. I think there's a lot of shaming and like in our society about handling grief and a lot of this mm -hmm. is how you have to handle it. So I'd say my secondary message is handle grief however you can. There's hi, Kiwi's saying hi. There's no, there's no rule. You're right. Yeah, there's no rule. There's no right or wrong way. Um, and that's one of my messages. And then the other is that there's just this preponderance of evidence of an afterlife, like valid scientific data. First of all, of just psi abilities, paranormal abilities, um, lots of tests and studies. And then on top of that, there's, when you really put it together, that shows a really strong evidence of an afterlife. And you don't, you know, if you do believe in God, that's great. If you do have a faith of some sort, I don't have a problem at all with that. But just if you're in grief and you're very science minded and you don't believe that and you just have zero hope, you'll see your loved one again. I really want people to know that's not necessarily the case, that the only alternatives are not faith or you know, obliteration of our selves and consciousness, but there's other possibilities. I personally would say high probability. So that's, I'd say a big part of my book too. Mm -hmm. And just give people hope. And if you do already believe in God, then, and you are in grief, then maybe it just adds to your hope that someone with delved in so skeptically and came up thinking there is strong evidence of an afterlife. So it's just, it's fascinating. And this is just research that is so remarkable and shockingly so unknown that I really wanted to get word out about it as well in a very like conversational, relatable tone. Not with no disrespect. Um, sure. Like, I, if, if you have, if you think there's a high probability of, a la uh, of the afterlife, if you don't believe in God, what do you, when you, when it's time for you to pass on, where do you think you're going to go? I mean, so, if, if you don't believe in higher power, do you think you're just going to be walking aimlessly about the earth? I mean, I, no, a, I mean, a, I think there's multiple, multiple planets and it seems again, multiple dimensions. My guess is, I mean, the, from what I can say, it seems the data first, you go to the other side, your loved ones are there. You have a life review. That's what people who've passed and come back report. They're going to know more than I am, my guess is. Other states of consciousness that I can't really understand. And then I come back through a type of reincarnation here, other planets, other, probably other dimensions of consciousness. You know, there definitely are other dimensions, or I hate the word definitely because we never 100% know anything. We could be in a simulation. But according to string... Yeah theory we are most likely um you know there are other dimensions so we could be going into other states of dimensions of consciousness other beings some more physical some less physical and what that's like i don't know it does seem like you come back here and reincarnate but this planet will only be here for if you take the concept of infinity it's only going to be here for a small percent of time, even in the concept of infinity, a billion years is a small amount of time. So yeah. this like, planet won't always be here. No, and not the way we're going anyways. No. So the motivation <laughs> for you to write this book was the, with your experience with your, your dad that passed away. Now I can understand yes. that. Um, Cause I know when I, like I said, when I lost my mom, then I lost my dad. I lost my, my two sisters and my brother. I mean, I'm grief so is, yeah. Grief is something that, like I was telling my um, family that this was the worst 
this Christmas was worse than last year because I lost my mom in June of 2022. Oh. So last Christmas, I think I was just so wanting to make Christmas special that now you're an atheist, so you don't believe in, no, that's another thing. I'm confused. Do you believe, I mean, you don't celebrate Christmas because you're an atheist. What do you Oh do you No, know? we celebrated Christmas when I was growing up. We celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah, the Jewish and the Christian, but we, to me, Christmas was not Jewish. about. You're Jewish, right? Half Jewish, okay, but more so Jewish was, I was more embedded in Jewish culture growing up because it's along with being a religion. It's but your parents, did, you, did your parents know you that you were an atheist? Yeah, I grew up, I mean, it just was a, you know, I grew up in a culture that was very, very secular. So it was just kind of the default, you know, it wasn't like atheist. I never really even used the word atheist till I put this out there and wanted to give a little bit of punch to show how skeptical I am to maybe give people more hope in how strong the evidence is. But yeah, I mean, my parents, we like, I don't think in my family, anyone I really knew for the most part, like believed in God, it was just never really part of our life or discussion, or it was mm. just very irrelevant. And yeah, we always celebrated Christmas growing up, but it was like presents and trees and Santa Claus. And we knew the history of the story, yeah. but like, uh, you know, it didn't, I didn't necessarily, I believed it more as a myth, but it was just irrelevant. Like, no, I don't remember having like, no, anybody really even talking about God unless, you know, maybe you went to someone's bar about mitzvah yeah. in the synagogue and they would say the prayers, but saying them was more an honor to history than so, really um, something what was believed, if that makes sense. And Jim Kelly, I take it he's a psychic. He's with, he's one of your followers. I haven't Jim? seen him in here for a while. So, I mean, I haven't seen him. So he said he received his gift um, the moment his mother passed away. And he has a video that talks about it. So um, mm -hmm. that's really cool. So, yeah, oh, I think you do get, I th yeah, I think you do get gifts when um, I think what my, my theory is if someone's going to, I guess on the brink of death or when they do pass away, that they, my little fantasy is that they have a, they can offer us something while they're over there. They can give us something like a gift. And that, that really, that resonates with me when I, when I see that, Jim, I can understand that. Cause I, I think I try to go through, I hope that's the case. I don't know if that's true or not, but have you ever experienced, did you experience anything like that? Maybe your parents gave, yes. your father gave you the gift of possibility of maybe not being an atheist. I don't know. So, I don't know. Or I'm thinking there's an afterlife. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, yeah, atheists are not. Yeah, of, give me some kind of peace of mind um, yeah. to take away. Oh, some I got of the some grief. tangible. I call them signs. Have you? Is that like? Have you like tangible signs? Um, yeah. uh, what kind of signs have you received? So I guess the, when you asked about the gift, this is the one I think of, and it's it was so crazy. So. Uh, it's a little bit of a long story. I'll tell it as quickly as I can. So I, in my dad had a favorite color in the book. I put it as green. Cause I still keep a few things like a little secret. I replace certain things cause I'm still studying mediums and testing them for myself and getting, seeing if it's evidential. So I'm careful to not give away like all the stuff about my dad. Cause I don't want mediums to be able to read it. So yeah, I say it's, green and i so that might be the real color it might not if any mediums listening i might have replaced that i might not <laughs> but yeah I, so i was walking down the street one day and i'd been hearing that feathers from the other side were signs and i see a green yeah. feather and i'm like okay i'll consider it pick it up take it home not really sure not really sure i even believe signs Fast forward about two years later, I'm delving deep in the research. I am volunteering for a place called the Forever Family Foundation. They help work with people in grief and they do, they have a board of scientists that research evidence of an afterlife, such as Dr. Jim Tucker, who I mentioned earlier, is on the board. And they use science-based protocols to certify psychic mediums. And with that, I was so I was volunteering and one of the mediums there, I was supposed to make like little reels and videos of them at this event. And one of the mediums there ended up leaving a little early and I missed getting a video. Oh, I'm sorry. And I need to back up. I'd had a reading with this medium. Okay. And she asked me if I had any questions. And I said, 
um, yeah, as my dad sent me any signs. And she said, well, I don't love to say that. Let's say you're dead set on a certain sign, like a green feather. I was like, okay, Gina, it was a green feather. And <laughs> so this medium had gotten that. And then fast forward about maybe a year and a half after my reading with her, I'm at this event and she's the only one I missed getting a video of. So I went to the head of the organization who was my mentor and like a second mom who sadly passed away in 2020, Fran Ginsburg. She like changed my life. And I went to her and I told her I felt bad. I missed getting Gina. She said, Oh, just like do it virtually. No big deal. And so normally something solved. I don't think anything of it. So the whole train ride from the retreats in Connecticut, I'm taking the train ride back to New York. And mm -hmm. the whole time I keep thinking, almost like a song stuck in my head. I feel so bad I didn't get that video with Gina. That was so amazing when she got the green feathers. And that just, I wouldn't stop. I was like, why is my brain doing this? It's solved. Like there's a solution. I already emailed Gina. Get home, home, like uh, to my parents' place. I still call it my parents. I always will um, because my animals were staying there while I was away. And I was like, I'm just going to sleep here and I'll take them back to my apartment in Brooklyn the next morning. Next morning, I get up, go, like, I'm on the subway to my apartment in Brooklyn, and I start obsessing again, like, in a loop in my brain that I miss Gina. And at this point, the sentence had gotten smaller, where it was like, mm -hmm. that was so amazing when she got the green feathers. That was so amazing when she got the green feathers. As I'm walking up the steps to my apartment, I'm just hearing in my head, green feathers, green feathers. Go sit in my room, open my laptop, try to catch up on, like, my other job. I look over and there's a pile of green feathers sitting on my floor. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? That's, the... a, that's a sure sign. Yeah. <laughs> a sure sign. That is a cool sign. Crazy. Yeah. I have a, I have a TikTok uh, question or comment. Oh, sure. Question. Okay. Um, does, does she believe in a superior being, if not God? Um. I don't think one single one. Do I think most likely there are consciousness maybe they were human maybe they weren't who evolve over time and some become more advanced than others i think that's most likely and i but i wouldn't say it's probably one being probably there's we evolve as we advance more and grow than one being, she yeah said. probably yeah i think that's most likely so she's she said there's probably she has a feeling there's more than one being it's a higher, higher power. And it could um, be us one day. Like we could be evolving, you know, ourselves. It could have been someone who was a human. Probably, you know. Let's see. Okay. Um, so just remember, if you have a question in the chat, please feel free to, you know, pop it in, write it down, and we'll put it in um, the little box so our guests can, Liz can see it. And this, this episode is sponsored by the United Public Radio in New Orleans. Okay. So your podcast, your podcast takes on a no woo approach. Um, yes. To discussing the afterlife. So is that what your, your podcast pod bit? <laughs> you like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in a detox from sugar over the Christmas holiday. I'm getting detox and I'm having brain freezes. So is that what you discuss in your, your podcast is the afterlife mostly? Or do you elaborate on any of the means and how you maintain a balance between skepticism and open-mindedness? Yeah. Well, I have guests on it. So I have had parapsychologists. I've had psychic mediums. I've had scientists that are studying this and researching this, such as neuroscientists that study psychic mediums' brains. Mm -hmm. That'd be Dr. Jeff Tarrant. And I have another neuroscientist, Dr. Mona Sabani. I hope I didn't butcher her last name. I have an interview with her coming up. I have researchers and I've had a pure skeptic on who doesn't believe any of this, but he also works with parapsychologists. So he's open to really discussing it. I try to have all different people that are involved in this world in some way and i just that's fascinating yeah. you uh, yeah so you guys discuss different you know a lot of doctors say it's something like these brain waves or these ch things are going on that some that's why some people see lights and colors and mm -hmm. things like that and it's not it doesn't have anything to deal with you know going into like the other side or to another dimension or walking through the the narrow tunnel right so 
Is that what you guys discuss? Any views on that? Anything you'd like to share? Yeah. Well, I mean, one doctor I had who was a, is a um, pediatric ER doctor, Dr. Melvin Morse. He also studies near-death experiences in children. And I think a lot of doctors that are really involved with near-death experiences, originally they would say about it what you just said, but then they have patients who have near-death experiences, who know things they could not have known. So I'll use, I know I touched upon Dr. Bruce Grayson in the beginning. Now he would have thought this was all nonsense. He, like me, just thought nothing like an afterlife, very materialist. Mm -hmm. And he had his first experience in when he was a young doctor, I believe just starting out as a psychiatrist and he was in the ER and sadly a young woman had tried to take her own life and was in a coma. She was a college student. So her roommate came with her and Dr. Bright, Dr. Grayson was going to go into the room to talk with the roommate. And first he was in another room and again, he was a young doctor. So he was really anxious about seeming professional and he looked and noticed he had spaghetti sauce on his tie and he was so embarrassed and he was like oh oh my god I've been talking to her roommate like that and I have to go back in there so he's like trying to wipe it off and buttons up his coat and so the young woman who had tried to take her own life who was in a coma and I don't know what other if there were like her heart had stopped but eventually Mm -hmm. she's resuscitated and recovers and she talks to Dr. Grayson said she'd gone out of her body and floated around the hospital oh wow Yep. And she said, I saw you in the room with the tie. <laughs> Did you try to fix your tie? And he's like, how, how could you have seen that? The room was empty. So someone yeah. couldn't have been talking Seriously. about it. Yeah. And that's just one of many. And that's just a very concrete example. How, how do you explain that? And then how do you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't explain that. Nope. And then when people go a little further into near-death experiences where they do see the light, get a life review, and choose to mm-hmm. come back, they also will maybe start by reporting on something, the conversation they heard, maybe with their family in the waiting room, or maybe their family was at home when they got the call mm-hmm. and they heard the conversation. But another interesting phenomenon is people who have near-death experiences report seeing loved ones who've passed away. And there's a component of that called Pekindarian. And that means when they see someone who's passed away, they didn't know had passed away. And they're confused as to why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are they here? They're not dead, are they? Or they didn't know. Right. That That would really freak me out. (laughs) Yeah. And they had that. And then they've come back with messages. I believe this was also a Dr. Grayson experience or he heard it from someone I don't remember where I read this but I believe it was also in Dr. Grayson's book but there was a man who was in the hospital for quite a while and he goes into cardiac arrest passes away is resuscitated and when he passed away he saw family members that had passed and he saw a young healthy nurse who'd been helping care for him and amongst his deceased relatives, he was like, why are you here? And she said something like, tell everyone I work with there, hi, and thank you. And I'm so, tell my parents, I'm so sorry. And thank you for the new car. She described the car and she said, I'm so sorry, I crashed it. He recovers, finds out her parents had gotten her that car and she died in a car accident while he had been unconscious. So it's just, yeah. That's a, okay. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, what what's this? What are these events that you have? Are you going so, to talk about oh, the events? Sure, the science and spirituality salons. Yeah. So they are either virtual or in person. They're for a small group of people. If it's virtual, usually about five or six people. In person, you know, it can be up to ten people. We might be doing some larger ones, but we're keeping them small because I do it. For now with a medium and right i mean mm-hmm. i'll still do it with a medium but right now we're guaranteeing everybody gets a reading and now is this on your podcast or is this in like is this a virtual thing no. or is this in person it's either virtual or in person we offer people the option to book either one and i give a talk on the science and a medium gives readings and as of now we're keeping them really intimate but 
we're looking at maybe expanding them, like I said, but if we do an expanded version, we'd have to be upfront that not everyone's going to get a reading. Well, you got, you're so. a busy young lady. <laughs> so what is this, what's this medium testing thing? You want to talk about that? You, you mentioned working with mediumships who've been tested by scientists. No, yeah. do, they, do they take a, what is, how do they test? So, well, there's two organizations I know of that do this. The Forever Family Foundation, they use science-based protocols to certify psychic mediums. And they keep a lot of it, like the details of it pretty private. But in general, a medium is has to give readings and give very accurate information. Like they can't just say it. they loved you. They, they know two people they don't know. Now, the mm -hmm. studies that are very public that are known about are um, the Winbridge Institute. And they've done up to quintuple blinded studies on psychic mediums. And some of the mediums have gotten up to a 90% accuracy. Now in the blinded studies, or in the studies, these mediums are supposed to know, get like relationship to the sitter. The sitter is the person who's sitting with the medium. Mm -hmm. So this person, this medium will be given just the first name of the deceased person, nothing else. And so the medium then is told to get like the relationship to the sitter, the cause of death, general age of death, any hobbies, special memories with the sitter. And they're getting really specific information and they know nothing. And some of these are really highly blinded. Some will be on the phone. Some of these studies, I know that there's no voice Um so the, I mean, the people are told to say nothing. There are some mm -hmm. that they use a proxy sitter. So this would be someone who would sit um, like a volunteer at Winbridge or a researcher. They sit with the medium for the sitter. This person sitting with the medium, the proxy sitter, does not even know who this reading is for. And they take all the information. And the medium was given another researcher who knew who this reading was for told the medium the first name of the deceased person they're supposed to connect with. Um, and so, Oh, Jim Kelly. Oh, that's a sweet comment. Yeah. I, yeah he said really sometime when someone dies, their relatives to greet them and make their transition easier for them. Yeah. yeah that's a that's really, yeah. And um, so these sitter, so then this proxy sitter would take down all the information give it to another researcher who then gave two readings to a sitter. The researcher who's handing it to them doesn't know which is for them. The sitter's handed two readings and they don't know which is for them and which was for someone else. And they're supposed to score both of them and say which one they think was for them. And the results were significantly beyond the odds of chance. And it's, I mean, that's just some of the research. I know there's Dr. Jeffrey Tarrant who's scanning mediums brains for fascinating like anomalous brainwave activity and he's getting really interesting results so there's just so a lot of interesting a lot of interesting stuff before i let you go for this evening i just want to ask you um <clears throat> what kind of advice <clears throat> would you give our listeners um but are skeptical about this about it i mean i personally believe in afterlife i mean i have no doubt in my mind i have but yeah. um what would you tell our listeners who are or skeptics or atheists like yourself. <clears throat> so if you're skeptical, sure. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, loss is a hundred percent hard for everybody. And, you know, skeptics and atheists don't have the like ownership of grief. We all have grief, but it's really yeah. brutal when you think you're never going to see your loved one again. So that the evidence, the data just shows it's not true. I guess I would start with the hard problem of consciousness, which David Chalmers, if, People don't know he's a philosopher who deemed the fact that we have this complex consciousness, like it's based, so basically it goes through the materialist thought that the mind and brain creates consciousness. And it's it's a complete leap of faith to say that these brain neurons connect with each other. These non-conscious material neurons somehow connect to create this complex consciousness Mm -hmm. That is just as much a leap of faith as saying that our consciousness is not created by a brain and it lives somewhere else and it's downloaded by it and continues. So 
there is materialism is not a fact. Once I heard that, that was so helpful because I just assumed it was a fact. It's mm-hmm. it's a leap of faith just as much. And there is such, such, such strong evidence. Read the Winbridge, read, read the Winbridge studies. They have up to quintuple blinded studies that are peer reviewed. Look into the research, look into the division of perceptual studies at the University of Virginia. It's just this huge body and you start to read all of it and start knowing there's very intelligent scientists such as, yeah, yeah I mean, two who work it's with a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot not to, not to believe, but, um, where can someone get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about your podcast, your book? Sure. Um, you can go to my website. It links to everything, social book and podcast. And that's WTFJustHappened.net. And reach out. I love hearing from people too. If you have further questions or, or you know, when confused again, it, I don't mind if you're absolutely baffled about the fact I don't Absolutely, think there's a God and yeah. there's an afterlife. Ask me more about that and find it, you know, so most, the, most, most, uh, I don't know. Um, can I convince you, um, to come on over to our side, the Christian side and follow Jesus Christ. Can I do that? <laughs> I just Ascend want you me. to know. Hey, he's, I can give you some things that would change your mind forever. Um, Christ is there. Christ is life. I couldn't get on. I couldn't go on with my life with all the trauma I've been through, all the things that happened to me, if it wasn't for Christ, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you something before I let you go, because I am, someone's telling me to tell you this and it's probably anything him. you want. Well, um, when I was 16 years old, I was watching Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. I was watching that in my kitchen and um we had a little tiny little tv in the kitchen because i wanted to watch it everybody else was watching other stuff so i'm sitting in a hard chair kitchen chair watching this and when i saw christ on the crucifix and he did this he didn't want to do it he's on there saying father why have you forsaken me he wanted please take this cup from me i don't want to do this for these people and uh he did it and he's on there and he's in so much agony and pain. And I just started bawling and I just started crying and crying and crying and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Over and over and over. And I went to bed that night and um, this is when I was dabbling in some kind of weird stuff. When I would um, meditate and I could see the future, I can see, I can see other people. Like I saw dreams that they came true. Um, I was doing a lot of crazy stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm in that, that deep prayer and I'm, I'm looking into this glass and, um, what there was water. Okay. And I'm, I'm just looking into the, the there was a, a clock radio. I don't know if you remember, cause you're too young to know what that is. And this bright light came through the, came through the, the glass of water. And I don't know if it was just a reflection just made, it just made me meditate more and more and more. And um, I'm staring out into my bedroom and there's a corner of my bedroom. I don't know if you have a, like a crack, you know, you have a crack, like the corner and it got mm-hmm. the light up. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm praying and the light got so bright and it illuminated my whole bedroom. And inside that light, I saw a vision, what I believed to be Christ Jesus himself, or it was an angel but he ha- I saw his face, I saw his hair, his eyes. I immediately in my heart knew that's who it was, but I got scared and I turned on the light and I ran into my parents' room. And I'm like, like I told you, 16, 17, I'm not doing drugs because, you know, there was a lot of drugs, but I wasn't doing drugs. And I told my mom, 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 mom. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus in my room and and I was bawling and crying. And she, she said, I believe you. I believe you. So from that moment on, I thought that was this some kind of a message for me to who knows, become, do something in the religious life. I went to church. I went to my priests. I told him what I saw. He was just so overwhelmed. And he, he mentioned it at church one day. He didn't say my name, Mm -hmm. but I thought there was something I had to do. I had to either do something in religious life, but I didn't. 
I totally, my life started to happen. Things started to happen in my life. Like I can't explain, just think it took me away from that. I went through a divorce. My family started to get sick and die. And then in 2017, this is, I forgot about it mostly, but then I, you know, in the back of your head, I would tell my friends, I told my family, we'd bring it up every now and then. And I always felt that I did something wrong for not telling anybody other than myself and my friends. So in 2017, something happened to me where I kept up, my back was messed up that my legs went completely numb and I, I had to use a freaking cane, a walker, went to neurosurgeons trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And one day I'm sitting with my mom watching this movie on television. Um, the little girl, uh, Jennifer Gardner, I think it was Jennifer Gardner started about a little girl that was sick and dying and she fell through a tree. I don't know if you remember that movie. And all of a sudden she started to get healed. And then we watched the double feature and then, then there was a little boy, but the little boy who believed, I can't remember, it was called the little boy, I think. And he believed that he could do things with his mind. So I told my mom, I said, mom, what if I go outside and hug my tree? Cause there's a special tree in my yard that I just loved. What if I hug my tree and just pretend it was like a big antenna to heaven and just start praying and say, please, God, heal me. Jesus, heal me. So that's what I did. I went outside a couple weeks before we had the limbs cut and there was like two bare spots on the tree and something told me to put my hands on that tree. And i looked at the tree. I looked up in the sky and I said, okay, Jesus, please heal my legs, heal my legs. The neck I, God is my judge. The next day I went on the elliptical. Wow. No numbness. The That's next fascinating. Day, next day I did it again. No numbness. I have not had numbness since that. And then the next day, I, I have pictures to prove it. I will send them to you. I believe the next you. day, it just rained. And I went outside to pick up my dog's poo-poo in the yard. And something told me that I was being drawn to the tree. Okay, I was being drawn to the tree. And I looked on the tree. And there was a face of Christ on the tree that I think would have been Christ. The way all the pictures you see, the face of Christ was on my tree where I put my hand. I got chills. I ran inside, got my mom. I took pictures of it. So then I started to, to draw. I wanted to draw what I saw. Then I started to paint. And then I started painting the face of Christ. And I won a couple awards at my Christian's church had art shows and I wanted to recreate that image in my bedroom when I was 16. And I did. And to this day, I, I, I'm just telling you, if you want Jesus to come into your heart, all you have to do is ask him. It'll come into your heart and you'll have everlasting life. I just want you to know he loves you and he's there for you. But that's, I just had to show, I just had to do that. No, that's a special experience for you. I'm so really I just glad want you to know that. that, um, yeah, I'll show you the pictures. And sure. My mother died and she said mm -hmm. she was, she saw my dad waiting for her. Amen, Cindy. Amen. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I couldn't go on with losing my sister. My sister, she went through breast cancer, metastasized her brain with three brain tumors. Oh my I couldn't get, get through that. I couldn't get with my other sister who woke up one day and said her legs hurted. And three days later, she had leukemia and died a week later. And then my dad had a massive stroke and my sister, my mom, my, my mom died and I couldn't get on life without it. And a horrible divorce and, but I want you to know he loves you. And I want to thank you so much for showing up tonight. Thank you so much for showing up tonight. And um, I so appreciate it. Yeah. And um, God bless you. And I want to thank you again for being on Chasing Prophecy. And if there's anything I can do, and I will send you those pictures. Please I'll do. Send you, I'll, I'll send you the big portrait I did. It's all oh, my yeah. it's all my art that I did. I just started, you know, painting Jesus faces. It's on um, art by Nicasio. And uh, someone just sent me it right now. <laughs> so 
I just want to let you know. Thank you again. But I'm going to have to let you go. I'm going to close my show off and talk to my guests in um, my uh, chats. But thank you again for tuning in. And I appreciate you coming on, Cindy. Uh, Liz, you have a great one. You as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining me today. Well, he got knocked off the studio there for a second. I think Sean. I think Sean Kelly was in the studio trying because I saw his. <laughs> I saw his picture up there. <laughs> Sean's trying to get me out. It's not time yet, Sean. I have four minutes, and actually, you don't come on till. Why is my face so big? I hate when this stupid thing does this. It's too big. I can't even hear myself anymore. Can you hear me, guys? Oh God, there's aliens in here. It's my camp, my audio working. It says it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be working. Testing. It's working. Okay, Sean. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you all. And I had to said I had to tell that story because I do the Jesus challenge every day. My microphone, everything's messed up. I don't know why it does this. So irritating. Why is my head so big? Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, who cares? I hate when it does that. I think Sean, when he came in the back, he messed everything up, but who cares, right? So much going on in the news. Hope you all had a happy uh, new year. Started my diet again because my head's getting too big. Oh my, it was amazing testimony. Yes, Cindy, I'm going to tell you. And I'm not kidding you. That happened. And I do the Jesus challenge every day. I spend an hour in the morning. I have a journal. I talk to Jesus. I tell him all my problems, um, all my hopes and dreams. Then I do some Bible verses. And then I do the gospel. And people say, well, you're in the paranormal. You know, there was supernatural stuff that happened and it still does happen. And I believe in angels and I talk to my angel every day. I talk to my uh, angels every day and I see, yes, it still works. Thank you, user. <laughs> I don't know why it always does this. Yeah. I started just getting capped. It wasn't even me talking. Sometimes I feel like I'm being, um, invasion of the body snatchers, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to convert Sean. Yes, trying. Yeah, my um. Yeah, you look. I don't know what that person is saying. So next week we have. Let's see, Tuesday I have. Who is this? Tuesday. Well, today is Tuesday. Oh my God, Bob Lemont. I'm not really sure. <clears throat> See, I can't do what Sean does. I can't talk. To, well, I want to tell you this. There's a lot of weird shit happening out there. Um, we just had the coronal flux. Um, there's a big hole in the sun that's caused all this earthquakes, um, tsunamis. Um, that You know, in California, that, that big wave. Um, there was two earthquakes, one in Hawaii, and one in, J I think, J was it Japan? And then that, what happened with that that train and that plane? What happened with that? Did you see that plane? What The two planes almost hit each other and the one went down. It's kind of scary. Scary, scary, scary stuff. Okay. Just seeing. Yeah, so I'm back on here. I had two shows that were taped i didn't um i had some christmas eve family stuff and then i had new year's eve but um i do have that one tape that sean we got that evp on that i'm going to i'm going to play 
one of these shows. I was going to try to get Sean back on John and Tom, John Ventry back on. If anybody um, wants to know, John Ventry's writing a new book and he's going to be on, <clears throat> he's going to discuss his book. So I'm looking forward to that. So I want to thank you all guys for um, coming on. Um, I should have asked you I, when I, when I don't have a sh guest, I want to talk about stuff like uh, what you guys want to talk about and uh, we'll do that. But it was a great night. So I want to thank you all for being here tonight and we'll see you next Sunday. Same place, same channel. <laughs> and it was a great to see you. Have a good one. And remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. We'll see you again, guys. Thanks again for being in the audience. Thanks for that. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night.